and welcome to the Perth Football Podcast. It's the full-time whistle uh, episode two that we've got right now here up in the stands at Frank Drago. I'm your host, Kalicho Sunwa. I'm joined to the right of me with uh, by Josh Chai. Josh, how are you, mate? I'm very, very good. Even better after that burger that we had today, Kalichi. We will talk about that burger a lot more later on in the game. I'm not sure Tommy got a bite. Tommy Dolman, how are you? I'm good. I'm a little bit disappointed that none of you boys brought a burger up to me based on how good the reviews have been, but I'll just have to cop it, won't I? It's proper footy scran, and hopefully, mate, for the next time that you are here, you make sure you get yourself a double deluxe burger. Uh, Tell them Sergio sent you. Um, Boys, we've just witnessed two cracking games. One that was literally a tennis score. Um, So we'll start with that one. It was the... I want to say the Derby d'Italia Perth with um, with um, Bayswater City taking on the old foe uh, Perth SC and that literally was 6-3 so Josh we'll start with you what was your just overall impression of that of that back and forth cracking game that started off at 2-1 for, right. uh, for, 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 for Perth yeah I think they call it the John Birgetti Cup during the season which actually references one of my old coaches of the old uh, uh uh, the late John Birgetti was a, a, the technical director sort of down at Bayswater when I was a junior here. So um, that's going to be a big game during the season. I thought the sense that I got from Perth was that they still have a lot of players away. Um, we didn't see Ninkovic tonight. We didn't see uh, Farrow. We didn't see Perkins. We didn't see Sinclair. Uh, Sinclair. Hassani Sinclair, obviously a massive in once they get him fit and firing after his trip back home to the States. Still a DeLeo. Oh, DeLeo as well, Jordan DeLeo. So... Uh, and Silla. So they've got a lot of players to come back in, into the squad. They were very fortunate, I thought, to go into halftime 2-1 up. Bayswater wasted a lot of chances in that first half. And uh, it really took a fantastic goal with a great strike from Faneuil Darwitt to, uh, to give them the 2-1 lead. So the sense that I got was that Bayswater were always the stronger team. They had most of their first trick lineup out and they had that 5-10 to ten minute run at the start of the second half that just killed the game. A few mistakes in there from the Perth defence which they'd be really disappointed about but by the end of the game it was so open and really most of the chances were still falling Bayswater's way. Tommy, I don't think anyone had a better view in the house than yourself, mate. Like, what, what did you see from that? Because you could you could see it was an open end-to-end game in that first half, but then the goals just continued to flow in the second as well. I couldn't believe how easy it was for both teams to get in behind each other over the course of the game. But Bayswater would just had Hargreaves almost playing as a quarterback, pinging balls out. He was finding the likes of Camera and Steins out wide, and they were playing... He was great. Camera was magnificent, and they were playing it in behind in turn to the likes of Smith and McKechnie and it was so easy for Bayswater time and time again and in the second half obviously Perth um, as you said Kalichi they led 2-1 at half time and that seemed like a very long time ago by the time the full time whistle um, finished um, Fanwell DeWitt with a couple of goals for Perth one of them took a slight deflection the other one was a beauty that curled into the bottom corner but in the second half as, as Josh alluded to Bayswater just turned on the afterburners they've got that extra gear and, and I think we touched on it briefly last week, but Makeche, Smith, Steins, Camera, Dway off the bench. Goodness me. Like, Don't forget Sparta. Sparta as well back in the team tonight. They've got so many attacking options, and this is just a sign of what they can do when they get it right. Yes, Perth's defending at times wasn't particularly good, and it was so easy for Bayswater to get in behind and, and carve out easy opportunities. I think most of their efforts came from close range in the second half, really. 
but you've got to you've got to give credit. And if they can keep up attacking Verve, then they're going to be a very hard team to beat this year. You, you mentioned um, getting them behind, and you could tell that that was an obvious idea last week in terms of getting the ball out wide to Dway and to um, and to Camera as well. But today it seemed like it clicked. Obviously, um, Camera had that chance in the first half where he, he, he could have scored, he could have squared. I'm not sure he ended up deciding which one to do and got a little bit confused. But in that second half, it all just seemed to click where it was through balls in behind, low crosses, and it was chance after chance after chance. And if you're going to put the ball on the plate like that for Steins and for Mikeche, like you're going to score goals. Yeah, that, that, that second, uh, Mikeche's goal was a really, really good cross, perfect, accurate low ball across the face makes it really hard for the goalkeeper because they don't know if they can come out and dive at the feet and it was a really simple finish for Makache. Uh, that, that chance he had in the first half I thought for camera you know if you see an attacking player in there if you're the coach I think you encourage them to take the shot so I, I don't think I, I heard a bit of criticism saying oh, he should have squared the ball I, I don't think he should have the execution wasn't there in that case but you want players to try take that chance um, something we should note uh, spoke a little bit about some of the young players there but uh, something we should note uh, a disappointing one for Perth Josh Caller uh, one of their big young stars that went off with he was superb last season yeah he was superb last season a really young player I think still a teenager and uh, to see him go off with uh, an injury serious enough for, for players to stop and walk off the pitch was pretty concerning so hopefully it's not as bad as it looked at first sight yeah well look we're, we're going to send them all the well wishes and, and hopefully it's not not that bad at all. Um, we'll, we'll go back into into any players that you thought impressed. So, Tommy, any player that, that kind of stood out for yourself? I mean, you, you've already mentioned Hargreaves and his passing display that, that happened today, but was there anyone else that you saw and thought, they're making an absolute claim this preseason and they're looking great, Nick? Well, I thought Cameron was the the man of the match by quite some distance. I thought he was at the heart of everything that, that Bayswater did in both halves, really, until he, until he came off and was replaced by Dway. I thought his crossing was a real feature, especially from the, the right-hand side. He was coming in on that left foot. He was putting in in-swingers towards that back post area. John Steins leapt and maybe could have headed in on a couple of occasions in that first half. And, and it kind of, as, as Josh said, Maybe Perth were a little bit lucky to be leading at the break because Bayswater were carving out those opportunities. But camera for me was magnificent throughout. And I, I thought Spider made a big difference as well. He He's a player that's got real class. And, and he's... We saw a little bit last week with Bayswater. They were obviously... They obviously fell to a late defeat against Sterling. But when you put Spider in that team and you have him sort of playing just in front of Hargreaves and you have him as that sort of conduit that's able to link the play better with Steins and Camera wide, Smith can mill around and sort of play in that free wall, Mikeche leading the line, it just all knits together a lot better for Bayswater. I would like to see them tighter up, tighten up their defence a little bit better. Um, that was an area that really let them down last season. I think they were, they were very much mid-table defensively. Um, so I think if they're going to be a contender this year, that's an area they need to tie up. I don't know what Josh feels about this, whether that's a structural thing or a personnel thing. But on the evidence of what we've seen tonight, that attacking verb is a really promising feature of their play. Yeah, it absolutely, it absolutely looked that way. And you could, you could, going on what you said, you could see the difference that Steins kind of made there in terms of making sure that Mikecha wasn't so isolated as he was from last week. But from a, from a Perth perspective, and you can talk about Bayswater as well if you want, Josh. But from a Perth perspective, um, who stood out to you? Who, who, who kind of caught the eye? Um, who's giving themselves a really good um, opportunity moving forward? Uh, I thought a, a few touches there from uh, was it Jeremy and Bar? 
Uh, he was pretty good when he came off the bench last week. I thought his first uh, few minutes, or definitely his first half, he gave them a bit of a focal point going forward. The, the big concern for Perth, I think, was the second half, just how isolated uh, Sam Cook became up top. You know, it was... It was so Don't fun. do it. Don't <laughs> it was, do it. It was so hard for him to bring it on home. He did get the one chance at 4-2, uh, which if he'd made it 4-3, then the game maybe would have got interesting. It could have been even crazier than it was if it was competitive at that point. Um, but maybe really not too much to take out from that game for Perth, aside from the fact that uh, they were missing so many of their frontline players that I don't think that's the team that they're necessarily putting on the park in round one of the regular season. Uh, before we get in Dumba to come and do a, a quick interview with us, Tommy, any, any kind of final words or thoughts from the performance? Yeah, uh, Josh is right. It is, it is hard to judge Perth at this time of the year just because of the absentees that they have, and it's not going to reflect what their lineup's going to look like um, in round one I thought in terms of just what I saw in the game tonight I thought Keller was very good in midfield in the first half and I know Famwell went off at half time but then Keller played in that right wing back role and I think Perth lost a little bit of um, stability in the centre of the park because Keller's a player who he just gets on the ball he ticks things over nicely he interchanges passes he's, he can, he's capable of dictating that tempo and I think they just lost something a little bit there I don't think that was the complete reason why Bayswater were able to get over them get on top of them so early and so quickly in the second half I think you just have to praise Bayswater for being really aggressive for being really fast and for being really strong with, with how they went about um, the starts their second half and really blowing Perth out of the water in impressive fashion um, but that's going to be a massive confidence boost for Bayswater going forward. And as I said before, it's a, a little bit of a glimpse perhaps into what we can see in the season proper if it all stays together and it all gels nicely. Awesome. Look, um, joining us, we've got a special guest to come in here. We, we spoke to him before the game and had a chat to him and, and mentioned the fact that uh, last week he played a, a bit of an isolated figure um, while Bayswater were trying a new shape but you could see the fruits of the labour today when it all kind of looked like it clicked where a little bit more support a little bit more link up there with Sparta um, playing in the 10 um, and also with the likes of Kamara out wide as well so Dumba look thanks for coming on um, tell us what, what do you thought about the performance from the team obviously it's pre-season and I'm sure it's nice to score goals but I'm sure you've got ideas that you guys need to get into play so what, what did you think of the performance of the team? I think we started off quite well we could have been up two three goals in the first 20 30 minutes and that's something we've been working on at training crossing and finishing just trying to be clinical and hitting the target and they got one chance or two chances and they managed to score and we always put ourselves in that position where we have chances we're not clinical enough and then the other team gets to score but overall we're happy with the result but we're also not happy with the way we considered the three goals as well. Of course, um, you mentioned scoring goals and last week it would have been a little bit frustrating because you guys looked like you had quite a bit of the play against Sterling and, and that's a top top team and then to play against your rivals in Perth, also another top team, but to score six goals. Um, what's, what, what's, what's Gareth got to think about that? Because obviously you're saying that's something that has let the team down before, especially with the front line that you guys have is scoring goals and keeping it clinical. Yeah, I think uh, he always says defending starts from the front, so he always gives me a nice little talk in a nice way when I'm a bit tired or trying to track back slowly. So um, I guess, you know, for us, it starts from the front. So it starts from us, front four, front three, whatever formation we're playing, to press from the front and then the defense follows through. So I think preseason is going on. We keep changing formations. Uh, 
trying it out and it's good that for for me as a striker personally it's good that we're getting chances to score goals and I love it awesome look I think Tommy's got a quick question yeah I was going to say, Zumba, how much do you love playing with Costa Sparta? We, we spoke about him a little bit just before you came up to join us on the pod. I, I just look at him as a player who really knits this team together last week in the game. It was, I wouldn't say it was clunky, but it just didn't quite have the structure it did tonight. Whereas you, you had the likes of Costa on the ball a bit more. Yeah. It meant that, that Declan was able to sort of almost play that quarterback role and ping the balls out to the likes of Steinze and, and Cameron on the wing. So just tell us a bit what it's like to have uh, Costa back in the team tonight and how big he's going to be for you this season. Um, Costa is a fantastic player. First of all, he's got a great engine on him. And as a midfielder, he's always looking to play forward. And um, every time he gets the ball, I'm just trying to get into the spaces. So it's my job to make the runs for him. I know the boy's going to come to me and I just have to do the rest. And also as well, um, in terms of... We, we thought as well that T-Boy Camera was, was outstanding tonight as well. You've got so many attacking options in this team. Is it one of those things where you think it's going to be a, a real luxury for you guys this season to have that depth or, or do you think it's going to take a little bit of time to just get those combinations going properly in the early part of this sort of night series in the season? Yeah, we've got a good depth in the squad which makes it very good for us to compete for positions and um, I was actually joking with um, T-Boy and um, Samuel who came off the bench and scored earlier today I'm like are you guys going to finally pass me the ball because we tend to get into those great positions and we tend to dilly dally around it and I always tell them just don't even look just whip it in my job is to get in the box and try to finish off so um, it's that's a headache for Gareth um, I just have to worry about getting the right sports and banging in the goals all right one more question Josh um, so you've got that win now in the night series there how are you feeling about your prospects of following training there's a couple more games do you still hold hope that you could make it into those final four spots I think we didn't have the stat we wanted to. We lost the first two games, even at halftime. Gareth gave us a nice little word. Um, there was He's a few, so nice, Gareth. There was, you guys encouraging words. There was a few uh, banging and smashing at halftime, I guess. That got the players to wake up, but because he knows what we can do. So we don't need Gareth to kick us up the, you know what, to get going. So we just need to, every every game, preseason is the best way to to get it all down and fix it during training so for us we're just going to go game by game the boys are confident like I said but we're also not um, happy with the way we considered the goals because we literally gave them those chances too so we tighten up defence we keep um, getting clinical in front of goals and um, we should get better and better as weeks go Thank you so much for your time I'm just going to ask you a sneaky question uh, over or under 25 goals you're going to score this year? I'm trying to I'm just trying to beat Darren Nicol, so um, I might have to take corners and free kicks as well to get there. But for me, it's just game by game. You know, it's frustrating as a striker sometimes when you don't score. But if I'm getting to positions where I'm having chances, I just have to be composed enough to bury them at the end of the day. Dumba, thank you so much for your time, mate. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, man. And we're back for part too. Thank you so much to, to, to Dumba Mikeche there for coming on and talking to us. Uh, in the earlier game, we had Sterling taking on Balcata, which was um, an interesting game. It, Sterling ran out 3-1 winners and they had quite a few chances there as well. And we were speaking about teams and scoring goals and they were a team who had difficulty scoring goals last season. So to come out and score um, three goals again 
or three goals this week, especially when last week was a, a last-minute winner, is going to be great for them. So we did an interview with Coach Ian Ferguson, which you can check on our Facebook page. Um, but while I've got the boys here, Josh, give us your, your overall thoughts and impression um, on Sterling 3, Balcatta 1. I thought it was a really scrappy game. That first half in particular was a real dogfight. And... Uh, the amount of clean possession that there actually was. I mean, they started doing that uh, possession in dispute stat in the World Cup, and I think we would have seen a massive a massive number of minutes where that was the case in that first half. The second half, it, it looked like Sterling got the better of Balcatta. They composed himself. Cal Whitney took real control of the game in the midfield. I thought Giles Davies was good for Sterling as well. And I thought Alex Janewski was good also, deployed uh, more as a, a front man. We saw him more out wide and he scored an absolutely beautiful third goal, took the ball straight down from a long throw and hooked it in at the back post. Uh, they also they had a new player uh that they ran through the middle in the second half. Kingsley, Do you have his name? Kingsley Eshin. Kingsley Eshin. So potentially another forward option there. It, it seems like they're just rolling through the players, seeing who they can get to work in that position, having not really had a, a striker last year. I think Cal was their, their top scorer in the end uh, from quite deep in midfield. Antonevsky's um, second goal looked absolutely delicious. I'm not sure if it was his second goal, but I know that the last goal that he scored with the ball, where he plucked the ball out of the sky and had a cracking finish um, for, for that to make it 3-1, I believe. But, but, Tommy, give us your overall thoughts on, on the performance in the game. Yeah, again, much the same as, as, as Josh, who sort of stole my thunder, to be honest. It, w- it was a scrappy game, and it, it was a game, really, of um, the opposition trying to capitalise on errors in the first half. Um, that The first goal was scored... Pretty early on in the game, it was um, a bit of a, a, a static defensive line for, for Balcada. Um, Tanevsky was able to sneak him behind with his pace. He got the initial shot off. Goalkeeper fumbled it and fake, fake and he prodded it on the rebound. Uh, Balcada then equalised. Um, two goals in front. That, that made it 1-1 after 10 minutes, but it was a bit of a giveaway, an uncharacteristic giveaway out of defence from Sterling, who are normally very calm and confident with it. Um, should mention, and the goal was rattled in from the edge of the area by Kataro Yamamoto, who I thought, as a new signing for Balcata, looks like a player with real promise going forward for them this season. Um, but the general theme of the game, it was all a bit frantic and a bit messy, as Josh said. I thought Balcata still showed plenty of energy and they showed plenty of fight. And they've got some really interesting players in that team. They've added a lot of experience. I thought Brent Griffiths was good in the first half before he unfortunately came off with injury. I think Jack Leach will be good for them this year. He's missed the last year or so. He's had a few injury battles, but he was previously the Glories Academy. Um, Yamamoto, we've touched on. Hinshelwood had scored in his previous two-night series games. He's a player who, if you give chances to him, he'll score goals. So I think there's enough to like about Bayswater, and you combine that with the experience of Pearson and Kay and a few of these other old, old campaigners, but it's going to take a little bit of time under under. I'm not sure under, if you noticed that. Under Glenn Gross Day. But you just said Bayswater, and, and I think that's a really good point to, to, to make there because that does feel you've got Trent Kay, you've got um, John Kearney, you've got Pearson. Yeah. These are players who used to play for, for Bayswater. It kind of, <laughs> not to say dad's army a little bit, but it, it does kind of feel that way with this really um, old campaigners, and they've still got Adam Tong to come back as well. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a slip of the tongue from me. It's, it's, it's late. It's been a long day. But um, yeah, and. But that, that that experience can only help them. It was just, it was a slow start from Balcata last year. They won three of their last six games to stay up. I think they were winless in their first 14. They so, were winless in the, in the last 19 games. 
they hadn't won in ni- 19 games in a row. They hadn't won, including the night series and the, and the season before, which is an incredible stat, right? So, but but you'd, you'd like to think that with this experience in their team at the start of this season, that, that they surely won't start without a win in their first 14 or 15 this time around. So you'd think this time around they may be a little bit closer to being off the foot of the table than they were last time when they did have to make up a lot of ground. This year, however, we've got to remember there is a relegation playoff place being introduced where the 11th place team will play in a playoff with the Division 1 team. So that adds that little bit of jeopardy. There were some encouraging signs by Balcatter, I thought, in the game. But to Josh's point, I thought Sterling took control of the second half and ran out as deserved winners. And look, we touched on it last week. If they can find goals, um, we saw Kingsley Eshin tonight, as we said before, they're just sort of playing around with that front line a little bit if they can build on that league best defence of 2022 and add some goals to that team they're going to be a contender this year with Fergie in the dugout as well I've got no doubt about that we're speeding through this one as well because obviously we need to get out of here it's, it's still pretty late here but um, any any individuals that you thought impressed in this match as well Joshua really quickly oh, you touched on uh, Kataro uh, Yamamoto uh, he's a really impressive signing we've seen a lot of those signings uh, over east uh, players from Japan or players from Asia who've come into the MPL level of football, not necessarily players who moved to the A-League. Um, and I think it's really exciting that we're seeing players from that part of the world who are choosing to come down to the MPL men's competition. Um, Tineski, I touched on before. I thought that's the best performance I've seen from him uh, so far in the night series. He was a player that came into the league last year with a big rap, maybe didn't dominate. Uh, even though Sterling Macedonia had a great season, Tenevsky personally maybe, maybe didn't dominate as a lot of people thought he would uh, coming into the MPL men's season last year. So look at him to be a player who's potentially going to take another step up this season. Uh, and, and again, uh, touched him in as well, Carl Whitney. Cal uh, Whitney, so composed on the ball today. That second half, he really took control. The amount of times he was running back, 20, 30 metres to his own goal with a player on his back and draw a foul. That released all of the pressure for Sterling. Um, players with that sort of IQ are valuable in any side. And you mentioned the IQ there, and I think I think a player that they missed last week but actually saw the benefits of having today um, was Giles in the midfield there as well. He's such a tenacious footballer. He does all the simple stuff. He does all the ugly stuff, but he can also be really composed on the ball he can take the ball in tight areas tight spaces um, not afraid to get stuck into it and I, I just love his attitude I love the way that he plays in the midfield I think he's faster and more physical than you think as well um, the amount of times he'll take a touch around someone he looks second best and he comes out the other side with the ball that would have happened four or five times do you tonight. reckon the players underestimate him because of his ridiculous mustache <laughs> or, or, or the Bob the, uh, the Albert Brooks Bob he's got going on um, I don't think there's anyone in the league now who underestimates him after the way he played last season. And uh, he's a threat in front of goal. He's good in midfield. Um, I think that that's, you know, you, you can't imagine Sterling not being in a position where they can contend because the players in their midfield are so strong. Yeah, look, we'll, we'll wrap that up. But we've got a sneaky, really quick part three. We're going to play you an excerpt of an interview with someone that we saw um, in the stadium and just decided we had to have a chat with them. And then we'll have a last final words from that. So we'll be back in a really quick part three. Purple Podcast, we've uh, bumped into someone super special and she's back for another season and she's in the red and the blue as well. Allegedly, that's from the photos that we've seen. Tia, how, how, how are you doing? How are you feeling? 
Yeah, I'm feeling good. Um, feeling strong. You are correct. I have some about Qatar. Um, so yeah, a few few weeks into preseason, but yeah, feeling good and ready to go. We've we've heard rumours that. Um your personality is, is shining through into the squad um, and that there's a lot of confidence into the team. So what, what are you looking forward to? I'm sure just being back on the pitch is going to be great for you. But in terms of that team, that squad, that group of players as well. Yeah, no, definitely just getting back out there and, you know, playing my best football again. Um, obviously, you want to break a, break a lot of goals from, from my last uh, season. but No broken bones. Yeah, great goals, not bones. Um, but yeah, also to you know drive the team, push the team, and see how far we can go as a team this year. Uh, so, Tia, you fit for night series when the night series starts. Are you going to be there on the team sheet? Uh, sure am. <laughs> yes. Look, we, we we obviously saw the we saw the um, social media going around and huge fans of yourselves, your game, the attitude that you've got. Huge fan of the Balcata girls as well. We've had the Diopera sisters come onto the podcast. Um, we've also had Gabby turn up to the podcast as well, and they've been such a good support for us. So so seeing you in that club and and the way that it's going. Um, again, we don't want to put a lot of pressure on the team, but I'm sure you're not turning up there just to participate, right? Yeah, absolutely not. We've um we've got big goals this season, so yeah, watch your space. Awesome. Look, thank you so much for your time. So good seeing you. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Tia Stonehill, everybody. How good is that? Like just the energy. The, um, Tommy, you've got a smile on your face as well, mate. What? How? How? How does it feel hearing her? Um, talk about being back for the season oh it's going to be great to have her back isn't it it was such a heartbreaking thing to hear um obviously early last season that she had suffered that injury in that pre-season game um i forget who it was against now but it was it was very early on it might have been the first or second game of pre-season so yeah a, a real blow for for a murdoch university melville team who who were, who were lacking in experience anyway and who had such a turnover of players in the off season, but look, we've we've seen what Tier can do in in 2020 and, and in previous seasons as well. To be fair, even even before the MPLWA Women's Competition, she scores goals. She and she's she's got that winning mentality, as as you sort of alluded to in that interview. So look, I'm sure that that her attitude and 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 what she's sort of brought to the group can only be positive, and and that should rub off on that Balcata squad. You'd you'd like to hope and. I expect them to have a really positive season. I think when you add someone like Tier into that squad, it definitely moves the needle in terms of your, your expectations and, and what you what you hope to see from a team in season 2023. Um, Balcata have not made uh, the top four in their first two seasons of, of the league since the MPLW Women's Competition began. I think with Tier leading the line, I think they'll be expecting to, to burst that bubble this year. And look, with, with that said, we, we saw Balcata a lot last year and for a long time they looked like one of those teams who building out from the back was great, playing in the midfield was great, um, they've got a great keeper in, in Del Bosco, but kind of found it hard to, to score goals. But if you think about adding Tia to that front line, um, to the players that they've got up there, she could be the difference, especially with you think about Red Star and you think about some of the players who they've lost. You think about the crippling injury that they've had real recently. That midfield isn't going to be the same midfield that they've had for the last almost 200 games. Um, so they've got a really good shot at this, don't they, Josh? I think it's really interesting that the changes that we've seen at Red Star over the offseason, I mean, they looked impervious last year. In fact, they were impervious. And Pickable. Yeah, I can't remember what the... Uh, the Pickables. The Packables, if they if they lost, right? Um, and if you look at Kyla Bennett not being able to play 
this year with that injury that we heard about um, during the week. Uh, Sean Billum uh, no longer being part of the playing squad, at, at least uh, officially, as far as we heard, she's coaching now. Um, Larissa Walsh heading over east. It is a very different side and it does open the window. It does open the door for a few of those other teams. Tia Stonehill, that's a massive pickup for Balcatter and they look as competitive as they've ever been in the NPL women's competition and really until late in the old women's system when when they were competing for cup finals. That is all the time that we've got for you for our second episode of the full-time whistle. Um, Josh, any final words? Uh, if you do find yourself at Frank Drago and they've got those potato bun burgers, go have, have a go at it because they are something else. Tommy, any final words? No, it's just exciting, isn't it? We, we feel like we're really well and truly into the night series now. The men's, the women's starts next weekend. It's just football, 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 and we, we absolutely love it, don't we? That's why we're here. That's why we're here at Frank Drago Reserve at 11 o'clock. The lights are still on and we're, we're bringing this content to you. So good times. Let the good let the good season roll on. Good times, good season rolling on. Thank you all for listening to episode two of the Final Whistle. I have been, and I suppose I still am, Kalichio Sunwa. Josh, say goodbye. See you later, guys. Tommy, say goodbye. See ya. Bye, everybody.